All right, now look. Not, what are y'all doing on your dirt phones anyways? Nobody's ready. What's going on? I feel like I feel like y'all don't have any tenacity about you today. I feel like y'all the energy's just went out of y'all. What do you mean? I am amped up. Oh, Chili, listen. you're participating in this podcast. Y'all stand by because I've got a I've got I'm gonna post a reel of Chili provoking the Banty Rooster over at Chad's house. And it's gonna be good. Well, is are are y'all ready now? I've been ready. Good gosh, Almighty man! We was all sitting in here waiting on you. Um. Well, what announcements do we have to make today? Uh, yes, this these hats. <laughs> you bless you. Thank you. <laughs> these hats made by uh, Eagles and Angels. Those are releasing today. Well, it may be a little late for you guys. They're releasing at noon. I think they're going to sell out pretty quick. I don't know how many how many hats he made. Noon Eastern? Yeah, noon Eastern. But this guy has an awesome business. He takes uniforms from veterans. I don't why do I not like that word? Veteran. Veteran. Why do I not like that word? It bothers me a little bit. He takes the uniforms and he cuts out little squares of it and then he makes these hats, the the patches that go it's, they they're really good looking hat. Now, for me, I don't know if I've ever told y'all this story or not, but when I got out of the navy, I took all of my uniforms and all of my gear and everything I had from the navy. It was probably it was probably $30,000 worth of gear. And I went down to the little Army Navy store and I sold it all to them for like $2,000. Um, I just had to get rid of that stuff. I just had to get it out of my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I It, it was like... Was that symbolic for you? Yes, it was. It was symbolic. It, it was a very foolish thing of me to do. Um, now none of this was like, like all this stuff was was mine, right? This was these were all like clothing items, uniforms, tents, stuff that you didn't have to turn back in when you when you got out, you know. But yeah, for me, it was just like every time I once I got out, every time I would walk in my garage. There would be all these kit bags that I had traveled all over the world with. And it was just like it I couldn't I felt like I couldn't move along. Like I was I was stuck every time I looked at that stuff. And um so yeah, I took it all down there. I I never forget spreading it all out. Like every time the dude would pull a pair of clothes out of the kit bag like bullets would go everywhere and it was a uh, it was a lot of stuff but anyways I only have maybe two uniforms from when I was in teams and it's because mom kept them mom had got her hands on them somewhere mm-hmm. and so we donated one of those to this Eagles and Angels 
and he's making these hats out of them. And a portion of the proceeds goes to the Navy SEAL Foundation. I got to pick a charity where the portion of the proceeds go, and I chose the Navy SEAL Foundation because I thought it was pretty cool to be able to give back to that foundation through this project. Because, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what the crap is wrong with you guys, man? Y'all are just looking at me like I've got... Well, usually we come on and we don't know what we're talking about, so we let you get on here and you banter about these things for a little bit, and then you release, all right, here's what we're talking about today, and then our minds can begin to turn, and we say... All right, here's how I can participate. But you've not given us anything to think about to participate well, I'll, in. I will. I will in just a second. How's enough said running going, Chili? Good. Mm. Good. I didn't. No. Don't We're, start that, Blake. I mm. didn't bet you. We've sold over 100. Over 100. We've hit the 100 course Video marks. courses. Yep. Yeah. Tons of good feedback that I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to keep looking for feedback. You know, anybody who's bought the course please or anybody who's watched it went through it please give us feedback because we'd love to know and you know how we can what we could do better if we do any project similar to this in the future you know we we take that serious and 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 just want to know how you're enjoying it if you you know paid the money to support us so yeah totally i love seeing that did you see the last one i posted of the lady that said um, yeah she's just gonna she wants to do a 10k and she got the running series and how much that helped her? Well, yeah. That's probably the number one question that... Krista, that's your phone. Oh, is that me? Um, <laughs> that's probably the number one question that we get, actually, is... Well, y'all are ultra runners. Is this only good for ultra running? And, and you know, well, I'm I'm just getting into running, so this isn't for me. No, that's really what it's for. It's, it's, for, it's basically... There's a range of people that it's for. It's for people who have never ran a freaking step before and want to start all the way to up to somebody who's ran quite a bit and wants to get better, wants to take it to the next level. So it's for a large range of people. Um, almost, I'm super happy about it, man. Yeah, almost anybody who wants to get better at running it would, I think it would, it's something, you know, something, a good resource that you can go back to forever. Yeah. Well, I got some feedback the other day from uh, Jay Herman taxidermy he said I'm glad you're on the enough said videos I definitely relate to your training philosophy the most and so Jay Herman I appreciate the feedback uh, I just want to put have y'all gotten any messages about being glad that y'all was on there no no well I've gotten one good for you <laughs> Your five-second premiere on Enough Said Running. I had to think back, and I thought, did I say anything on that? Did David use any of my content? So what? What? how would your training philosophy differ from Chili's and Chad's? Blake don't like well, to win. Well, I usually don't train. Blake don't like to win. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't compete much. He just likes to run. I, I like the part where Blake's talking about why he likes to run, and I, we had to film it about four times because he just kept saying, I like to run because it's just me and nature. And I'm out in nature. And the trail's in nature. David David kept telling me, tell me why you want to run. And I kept trying to like think of it. And I, and I finally said, you know, David, 
I, I don't really like to run that much. I mean, there's just a little bit about it that I like. And uh, and then he was like, oh, okay. All right. And that was kind of the end of that, that clip. So this podcast is brought to you by Enough Said Running. If you want to get better at running, you better go check it out, son. Because that's where it's at. Well, we are not hitting a groove here, are we? Well, I'm about to ask Krista about her um, her first mountain bike ride. Yeah, we need a story. Well, I have a story. Okay, I want to ask Krista about her first mountain bike That's ride, which was today, and then I want to hear. I want to hear. I'm going to tell my favorite story from the most recent basic course, and then I want to hear y'all's. How was your first mountain bike ride, Krista? It was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Um, very different than running, different kind of fitness. So different than running, different than doing CrossFit or other cross training kinds of things. Uh, it was uh, challenging. It blew up my quads, but uh, good. It was good on my knees. I, I have trouble with my knees, and so it was a great alternative. So it was nice to rest my knees a little bit, but also build some muscle and some some cardio. So it was great. It was fun. It was wet, wet and muddy. Yeah, you did really well. I'm real proud Thanks. of you. Thanks. Uh, a lot of people are, a lot of you guys are enjoying Krista being on the podcast. Thank you, Krista. <laughs> Give Krista around. You're welcome. Thank You're you welcome. for being on here. Getting a lot of good reviews about yeah. Krista being on the podcast. So, um, all right. The basic course, Team 18, this past weekend. I have to tell you all this story. The team did really well. They actually moved faster than any other team that's ever been out there. And um, my favorite story was at the very end, and I have to tell this. <laughs> so we're walking out. We're, we're, we're like a half mile from where we finish, and there's a Mylar balloon hung in a limb, and it says Happy Valentine's on it, right? And so I'm watching the team. And I'm like, who's going to take the initiative to, it's like literally 10 yards off the trail. Who's going to take the initiative to grab this thing? And I knew what was going through their head because I told them the same crap goes through my head. The same crap goes through everybody's. How many times have you been walking along and there be a piece of trash or something on the ground and there's something in you says, I should pick that up. There's something else in you that's like, no, nah, I'm I'm trying to get where <clears throat> I need to get where I'm going, right? And you just walk past it. And so I'm watching him. I, I know everybody walks past the balloon until the last person, Becca Jones, she stops, takes the initiative, says, hey, guys, let me grab this balloon and get it out of here, right? The last person. Another thing probably going through everybody's head is somebody else will get it. That, that happens to all of us. We all have these thoughts, right? And so we make it out, and I get ready to counsel them on their decision to wait till the last person to grab the balloon. And I told them, I said, who saw the balloon? They pretty much all raised their hand. And so instead of telling them what they were thinking, what I thought they were thinking, I asked them, so what did you think when you saw the balloon? And I looked behind me, and Dustin was sitting there. I said, Dustin, what, what were you thinking when you saw the balloon? 
And he said, well, you know, I just thought some kids were out here, were out there having a party, <laughs> and they had hung that balloon in the tree to mark the trail. A Valentine's party. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I looked at Dustin, and I said, hmm, <clears throat> that's an odd thing to think. <laughs> and he agreed. And he agreed with me. He said, he said, yeah, that is pretty odd, isn't it? <laughs> he legitimately thought that. Well, that's good. That's what came to his mind when he saw it. Yeah. Well, was it was it inflated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's reasonable then. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it was in a very partyable spot, you know, like. <laughs> and so, um, gosh, I've gotten some good laughs out of that over the last couple of days. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you for being honest, man. Yeah. Thank you. You just told me what you thought, dude. And, uh, and you gave me a good laugh out of it. Um, and I guess the second lesson that I learned about myself since this team finally, once they finally got their act together, uh, and they were moving really, really well. Now this took about a day and a half for this to happen, but once they finally did, they were just crushing, man. They didn't stop for lunch. <laughs> they didn't do, they'd never stopped. I mean, they just hammered down. They did a lot of things right. And they got to the top, to where we were going, to uh, to lay up, and they got there like four p.m. And I was, I got mad that I couldn't be mad. I got mad that I couldn't be mad at them. And then. Since I was mad that I couldn't be mad and I realized I couldn't be mad at them, I just got sad. So I learned I usually like to be either sad or mad. And that's why they call me Chad. <laughs> Ain't that rad? <laughs> I don't think it's bad. <laughs> you know, everyone always asks, Chad's writing this book. When's this book going to come along? When's this, this book, this book, this book? I'll be done when I'm 70. Well, a lot of y'all don't know. He's actually writing several books. Some you may expect, some you may not. One, he's actually got a collection of poems that I've had a preview of, and that's one of them. Yeah. I've got about five books that are all about <clears throat> three quarters of the way done. Yeah. Yep. That's so. got a chapter on haikus, everything. That that is a good book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't wait to release that one in the latter years. That'll probably be later. Yeah, that'll be that'll be one of the last ones I release. But yeah, so thank you, Team Eighteen, for um, showing me that lesson about myself. You know, uh, most normal people would have just been excited that the team did well and excited that they got up to the top, and we had we had that extra time. Not this guy. So you so you learned you're emotional. No, just either sad or mad, man. Chili, are you digging some kind of ingrown toenail out of your foot there? No, there's dirt on my foot. Son. Sorry. Y'all got anything from the basic course? I was thinking of stories because you said story, story, story. So the only thing I could think of story-wise is, so we camped at a site 
And when you camp in a wilderness area and hike in a wilderness area, an important uh, thing to do is leave no trace. And so that's a big thing we hammer, leave no trace. And so we finished camping there, got up in the morning, getting ready to leave. And everybody packed up, ready to go. And I walked over to the site where the students were camping and did a quick sweep of their campsites. And so looked for any sort of trace, anything they might leave behind, because sometimes that happens. And nestled in a pile of leaves, you barely see it, was this thin little white rubber band. And so I found that and um, grabbed it. And we used that as a little little lesson, teaching tool about paying attention to detail. And then the uh, funny part of the story is then the next day we're hiking along and Becca, we'd stopped. I think we'd stopped. Hadn't we stopped for a little? Yeah, like, down at quick, medical. Quick little break. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. A, we did a lesson. Stopped for a few minutes, and uh, Becca walked over to Blake and said, "I think this is yours." <laughs> and it was a, a hairband. Uh huh. And she had done a sweep of our camp when we got up that morning I and think, uh, returned the favor. <laughs> I think actually that fell out in their camp. Because oh, they so? had passed us. We left behind them. So I got to thinking, where did she find that? Mm-hmm. But there's no way it would have been in our camp because they had left. But mm-hmm. and but it, it, was, it probably it was, was my, I mean, I had that purple hairband, but now there are more like it out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it fell out of my rain jacket. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I warn the students every time we go out on, on a mission, on a basic course mission, and we're talking about, the pillars and 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 specifically being patient Mm -hmm. and i i explained to them you have to be patient with yourself because everyone out here is going to screw something up this weekend including me Mm -hmm. everyone yeah every single time yep well that's my um that is my downfall is attention to detail Mm -hmm. because i like to i like to get a lot of things done really fast and i lose attention to detail because i'm trying to get too many things done or do too many things and so i know that about myself i just always have to work on it but i think probably did you have more no 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 that's it you're welcome blake yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) throw you under the bus no that's good that's good uh i like the story of when we were at camping on the first night and we had just boiled water and we said, this is how dinner works tonight. All of you go ahead and get your food out. And one of the students said, food? What What do you mean food? And we said, yeah, that, you know, at the beginning, we, we tell you, here's, you got to grab this stuff, your food for the trip. And he said, oh, dang, I was so excited. I forgot to get my food. And we was like. Well, that's never happened before, <laughs> and while I felt uh, some felt bad for him a little bit, I thought, we'll see how this turns out. We've not had anybody out here uh, backpacking for three days with no food, and, uh, but the team pulled together and got it for him, but I thought, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. But they, they he started, saw... What's that? He saw that, you know, he re- he recognized why he did it. And as soon as he was in a calm moment and able to think, he thought, oh, crap. I remember hearing that, and I remember why I didn't get it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And he recognized it about himself out yeah, there. Yeah, that was good uh, self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. They started off real rough. They yeah. started off real shaky. But they were able to learn real quick. Mm-hmm. And, and, and learn and then apply really quick. That's yeah. what saved them. Yeah. Well, you know, I got a lot of stuff on my mind. I don't know how much of it is appropriate, though. So, it's all, uh, it's your podcast. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Well, I I guess one thing that I'll talk about is as, from a spiritual perspective, I guess, I think, you know, there are a lot of great things. A lot. I mean, everything about following Christ is is wonderful. It's wonderful. It makes your life, if you follow the principles, the precepts, the things that God's Word tells you about yourself, if you can follow those the best you can, it makes your life so much better. It's a blueprint for life is what it is. But along with that, something that I feel tension around quite often, I guess the best way to describe it is although those things, the things in Scripture that Christ tells you and, and commands you to do and, and tells you about yourself, although those things, those things make my life better than it ever has been before, it's still hard. And, and it's, in a way, it is hard to be a Christian internally, okay? And here's how I relate to this, and, and I don't know if you guys have ever felt this before, but there is, there is a, a very, there's a part of me that wants to just be vicious, man. Like, there's a part of me that just wants to just be ruthless to people and to myself, right? I mean, just... And I'm constantly battling against that part of myself so that I can stay in a good place. And... It's funny because I was battling with that last night. The reason I was battling with that last night is because some people said some things that really got me, got that ruthless side, was feeding that ruthless side in me, right? And it all revolves around, look, this is the reality if you are winning, people, there are going to be certain people that aren't going to like you just simply because you're winning and they are not. It's crazy how that works. It really is. Um, the If you'll see all the people who are winning at whatever it is they've chosen to do, whether it's racing or business, um, 
or their personal life, all the people who are winning are rooting for each other. They compete with each other, but they root for each other. That's how that works. But there's this whole other group of people that when they see you doing well and achieving your goals and growing, they don't like you. They and 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 it's insane how that works. But man, that part in me was just welling up like I'm about to crush these people. I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. And what's funny is, is I went to scripture and I started reading the words that Jesus left us in scripture. And it's like the words of scripture quenched that part of me. <laughs> it's amazing how it works. I mean, how can this book be that powerful? How, how is it that powerful? There's nothing else I could have watched or listened to or read that would have literally, it was like pouring water on a bed of coals that were about to flame up into this raging fire. And it immediately quenched that part of me. But there's this internal battle. Do you guys ever feel that tension, man? This internal battle? And what that is, it's a reminder to me of the sin that is inherently part of me. The sinful nature that is inherently in me. I think sometimes we forget about that or we have trouble understanding what that actually means. Like, well, I'm generally a good person. What are you telling me? I'm inherently sinful. I feel that almost constantly. And mine's more of a more of a violent nature, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I feel that constantly. And that's why I was reading in Romans chapter 7. It was interesting that I think Paul had a similar conflict within himself. And what's interesting about Paul is Paul was also, if you read about how he was before... Christ revealed himself to him. He was all about persecuting Christians. I mean, he oversaw the stoning and the the the, the execution of, of Christians, and, and he promoted it, and he hunted them down. I mean, he was very, very passionate about yeah. whatever he was doing, obviously. Once Jesus revealed himself to Paul, Paul went on a, a mission and nothing was going to stop this dude, man. He got shipwrecked, bit by vipers, locked up, beaten, stoned. He he got he went through it all, right? So I know he had a fire in him. But he talks about this battle in himself. In Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 15, he says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, I do. And he's, he's basically talking about that sinful nature in him, that like I keep finding myself doing these things that I don't, I don't want to do. I know they're not right. It was just like me last night. That was the struggle I was having last night. Like, I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't 
call these people out that are essentially, you know, acting this way. But, um, but man, it would feel good to do that. And so for me, man, that battle is, is sometimes a daily battle that I have to fight. And I, I don't have anything else that I know of that quenches that sinful nature of me more so than the words, especially of Jesus in Scripture. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the red words. Yeah. You know? Well, that's really no different than any other temptation, is it? What was welling up inside of you? I think I think it is different because it's internal. It's an internal it's an internal con You're tempted by your own nature. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And and Paul was referencing a a uh the conflict of desires. Simultaneous desires, right? Yeah. That's the battle you're talking about. You had a desire to I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but to basically do something you shouldn't have done, but you also had a desire to handle it in the right way. And that's what the conflict mm. was. Yep. And, um, you know, ultimately I think whatever you desire most, at least in that moment is what wins. See, I don't think I would have handled it in the right way if I wouldn't have went to scripture, but see, you, you because I had two options. I could go here <clears throat> on, on my platform and call this crap out brutally and say what I what I wanted to say about it or I could go here. So then I had to make those two decisions. I don't think if I'm glad I had you mean you I'm glad I had the strength to at least mm-hmm. say, well let me go to scripture first and um and maybe sleep on this situation. Well that's what Chili's saying is that you wanted to handle it the right way most. That's why you went to the Bible. I didn't want to handle I wanted to handle it the wrong way. Well, it's the conf- conflicting desires. You had a strong desire to handle it the wrong way, but clearly you didn't want that most, or that's what you would have done. I be- that's kind It of- would have been more satisfying, but clearly you wanted to handle it the right way more. Yeah. You wouldn't have went to... The- what, uh, yeah, we've talked about this before in another context, and I think it gets confusing, largely because I don't know how to articulate things well, <laughs> but... Ultimately, and maybe, and maybe this theory is based on my own internal biased theory of how things work, but I think that's how everything operates is you can simultaneously desire to do multiple things at once. You can desire to sit on the couch all day and, and also have something in you that wants to run as well. Well, the one you ultimately want to do more will win. I don't really think you can get out of the bounds of that. You you do what you want to do most. It's just the way it is. And if you're like, well, no, I wanted to run, but I ended up just sitting down and eating chips all day on the couch. It's like, well, no, that's what you wanted to do more. Yeah. Same thing with, with, with sin. In a moment of choice appears, and a lot of times you'll be like, well, I didn't want to do this. Well, yeah, you, you simultaneously wanted to follow I mean, follow Christ or fall into Tim and you wanted to fall into temptation, basically, like which would were, have been more pleasurable, but read the verse again about, um, do what I hate. Well, this is in, this is Romans. in the King, King James. Um, uh, it, the last part of verse 15, but what I hate that I do. I think he's talking about, 
the conflicting desire problem, essentially. Because basically, when you're if you're born with a sinful nature like we believe, then then until you have something change within your soul, you're 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 only going to have sinful desires, right? Because you don't know any different. Um, so you're in if you're if you innately have sinful desires, then do you think that goes away whenever you're saved? No, of course not. I mean, no one would say that, right? So, but what came in was a desire to do right, but the the desire to do wrong never goes away. Mm-hmm. So now, in in his position there, right, he's he's now wanting to do what's good and he hates what is wrong. He, he now he's, he hates sin, but that's still in his nature. So it's a constant battle. I think that's what you're describing. It is, you know, someone who's, who doesn't want to do right. Doesn't have this conflict, but someone who wants to do right is still going to want to do wrong. A, a part of them is still going to want to do wrong because they have that sinful nature. And the doing of the wrong is usually always the most pleasurable option. Right, that's why it doesn't go away. I mean, I, I've had, uh, even recently, wrestling in my heart with anger, and it's an emotion that I haven't really experienced or allowed myself to experience, and it's sort of new for me, and I think it's healthy for me to feel it and go there, but I've noticed that now that I've, let myself go there it's almost like I don't want to give it up and and I have had conscious moments where I know if I read scripture that I will feel differently Mm -hmm. I'll have a different perspective I will I'll change Mm -hmm. and I've chosen not to read scripture because I want to hang on to it yep I've known it like I've known I want to hang on to this and I know it's not good and so I think that the very power that you're expressing about the word of God and how it changes you, we can realize that and say, oh, that's where I'm going to flee to. But we can also say, I know it's going to change me. So that's exactly what I'm going to avoid, which can be just even more revealing of our hearts, you know? And I know that's something I've struggled with uh, because we do that. Like you said, it's pleasurable, whether it's the specific emotion or drive that you deal with or mine we know the thing that's going to change it is an encounter with God and his word because it's living and active and it doesn't return void (laughs) and so I think you know you telling your story what's uh, in your uh, experience in that what's beautiful about that is that I don't want to gloss over is the power of the word of God just that mysterious nature of how it is living and it changes us that, that like you said, no advice from a friend or reading a good book or turning on a podcast, you know, that's so much of what we turn to, to, to help us in those moments. But there is something about encountering God and his word that nothing else can, can do. So it's just amazing how powerful it is. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even understand I mean, I have I have no comprehension how it works the way it works, but I also feel that same conflict that you just discussed, Krista. Of I'm so confident in the power of God's word that 
when I'm feeling enticed by this pleasurable, um, sinful nature uh, or response, I will also hesitate <laughs> and, and many times have turned away from the reading of Scripture because I want to sit in the pleasure of those emotions. And those, and those emotions don't necessarily have to be pleasurable emotions, but when you get to sit in your anger... Some, it's giving you something. Why do you oh, like yeah. why It's do, giving you something. Why do you like that? Because most people, if they're angry all the time, reach a point where they go, man, I don't want to be angry all the time. You know, part of them doesn't want to be. They're like, man, this is miserable. But but you keep going back to it, kind of like, why? why? Is it just because it's easier? It's no, easy? I, I think for me, for me, it is, um, it was so... It's so baked into me to like always attack. You know what I mean? It's just so that that's my that's that's me. I mean, I'm I'm offense. I'm used to being offensive. Um, I I wasn't a police officer. I was a seal. You know, police officers are working from deep. They're trying to defuse the situation and and work off of defense. They have to be reactive. Well, we were programmed to be offensive always to always jump in immediately so that we can gain the edge and i think where that that's where like that angry like vicious side of me comes from i mean i have victory through violence tattooed across my chest that that is that's how we were taught to achieve victory is through just overwhelming force of violence it, that it just overwhelms your enemy and it just crushes their soul, man. The other part, the other interesting part of the conversation is, is there a place for that in the heart of a servant of Christ? You know, I struggle with that because I like that side of me. But is there a place for that within me? I mean, if I could completely let go of that part of me if i was able to do that would would i be a better servant of christ that's or is there a is there a place than a need for that well essentially you're saying if i was perfect would i be a better servant of christ because well i know i could target that aspect of myself well, i think it's all about how you control it I think that's all that it comes down to is, 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 uh, can you keep your sword sheathed when it needs to be? <laughs> well, and that's essentially, what, that's I what, mean, that's what meekness is. Meekness is that picture of a sheathed sword yeah, or a gun that's holstered. Yeah. You have power, but capable you, of extreme capable, violence, but yet you know how to control it. it. And I think power is a key word in that. Cause I think some of what you're describing, what you get out of it is power. That's what you, that's what you did to, in order to control the situation. You were trained to be more powerful, be more offensive, and suppress the other. And as a believer, and what you experienced actually from the Word of God is power, the power of the Word. Mm. And so I think some of it is thinking about that, like where from where does your power come? And that meekness may not be a physical uh, gun that's in the holster, but 
there's some other power that is in you now. Yeah. And, and I think just maybe thinking a little bit more about that idea of power and the interplay of those things might be a, and a good path to go down. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is correct or not, but I, I think, I don't think someone, a lot of times people get described as meek, and I don't think they're meek. I don't mm-hmm. think you can be meek unless you're powerful. Meek isn't mousy. No, I don't think. Meek you, is, you could kick some butt. I think you actually have not. to be powerful to <laughs> yeah. be meek. Yeah. Like if you're not yeah. even capable of whatever you want to say, extreme violence, mm-hmm. you know, then you're not, you don't even have the capacity to be meek. You're yeah. just weak. Yeah. But, but. It's, you have your yeah. self-control. I mean, Jesus was meek. Like, I mean, there was no other more powerful person that walked this earth. and But he didn't use his power in mm. the way that people wanted him to or expected him to. <laughs> unless he needed to. You unless know. he needed to. But but he, he had a mission, and he was using his power to accomplish that mission. But why does it say the meek shall inherit the earth? Mm-hmm. Is that is that talking about people that don't even have the ability to defend themselves will inherit the earth, you know, weak people that don't even No, I think it's probably talking about the most powerful people in the world, but it's not just the most powerful people in the world will inherit the earth. No, it's the meek. It's the most powerful people in the world that are willing and able to keep that under self-control mm. will inherit the earth. You may never even know the it power that they have is probably what that means. Mm-hmm. Mm. A solid word, man. Yeah, I'll never forget the other day, my buddy that I served in the teams with, he looked at me and he said, he said, do you understand what we could do if we, if we wanted to? Like the havoc we could wreak? And I was like, yeah, man. That felt good to me. It's dangerous, man. It's really dangerous. And how... um. Do you feel like, Krista, and it may be too new for you, but this this anger, mm-hmm. has it been a healthy thing or has it been something you're, you're... Yeah, I think it has been, for the most part, a healthy thing because it's, uh, I think, anger in the defense of something righteous or getting angry about something not being the way it should be because the world is broken. I think there are appropriate expressions of anger and, and I think there's, it's just appropriate to feel what you feel. You know, you can't control what you feel, but I have to, I have to bring that to God in the Psalms. There's anger all over the place, (laughs) you know? So, so I don't think that I think people can, live in a way where they think there are these appropriate emotions, there are these positive emotions, and I can only hang out over here in the positive, and there's a whole spectrum of experience and emotion. So I think it has been a good thing for me to do that. I think the danger for me that I have to be aware of and, and ask God to you know shine the light in all the corners of my heart are those subtle things like, am I hanging on to something? Am I getting resentful? Um, is this, is this turning into something that is against God's design for me as a healthy person and also healthy relationships because God is also a God of reconciliation and a God who yeah. heals. And so I think it's a, it's a big puzzle <laughs> and it's complicated and I just have to be uh, constantly in front of God asking, 
and bringing myself even even when it's not good um, because he loves me and accepts me and wants all of me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't tell my children that I have, no, you can only come to me and sit up in my lap and talk to me when you're bringing me the right stuff and you're all put together, you know? And he wants all of me, even when I make mistakes, don't think the right way, maybe not feeling with the right, you know, don't have good motives, all of that stuff. So I think that he holds me and he walks me through it. So, mm-hmm. and I just have to be listening and receptive to his spirit. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. You got anything, Blake? I mean, for me, it, it's probably, I, I don't get, I'm not a very angry person. I don't get angry much, but. That's what I said. I used to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can. Me and Chili are mad all the time. <laughs> I can get angry, but it's it's not something that I have to battle. Like, gosh, here I'm getting angry again. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't be, but I don't think that if if you have if you're questioning, like, is this good or is it bad? Could I be a better servant of Jesus if I didn't have this? There probably is some truth to that, or else it wouldn't be be being revealed to you. Because it, it, you're not understanding that's wrong under your own power, and it's something that God has revealed to you. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what you're doing right or wrong unless it's revealed to you, whether it's through Scripture or whatever. And so, but for me, I mean, honestly, probably it is selfishness that I have to deal with. Like I'm, I a lot of times will go into a self-preservation mode where I feel like. And it's probably rooted in fear going to Chris's thing. Like, there's not going to be enough. I need to make sure that me and my family or me and my team, it's not selfish maybe specific to me, but maybe it's to our team at 307 or my family, and I want to make sure that I've got enough for me. And then and then I'll think about everybody else and work on So for me, that's probably a lot of the battle that, that I internally deal with. Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily anger. I mean, I don't get... Another issue is that I, I don't like conflict that much. So I, I will a lot of times I'll avoid it. And so anger in that is like, nah, I don't want to be angry. It's, anger creates conflict. Yeah. If you're angry, there's going to be conflict because you're mad about something, uh, especially if you act in it. And so it's, uh, I mean, I don't know that anything that Chad thinks or feels is how I, it's almost always directly the opposite <laughs> of, of how he is, is what I am. And, but, well, see, I love conflict if I can full fledged attack. Where I hate conflict is if I, if I, if I make the choice to handle it, the conflict the proper way. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where I absolutely hate it. Cause it's not in your control. It's, I mean, if you can't handle like just, attack it and kill it then yeah you have to kind of let it play out yeah how do you keep your anger at bay chili you walk around you're you're as mad as me if not even more so how do you keep your anger and frustration at bay hmm serious question man no i'm taking it serious that's hmm i i think uh I think, you know, I don't like, we don't like to talk about age, right? Because we're all young. I mean, really, but I, I feel like I'm young or young to the point where I've, I've never really, I, I've, I've done nothing but change. 
<laughs> you know, like I've, you just, when you grow up, you're always growing and changing. I mean, once you become an adult, then you're not. Oh, that's so not true. <laughs> I'm, I don't mean, I'm talking about. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like. It's a lot of newness. Yeah. It's, it's so new. I yeah. mean, it's, it's completely different from yesterday almost. Like I, I feel like as I've gotten to be an adult, that's not quite as much as it was, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's still happening, but. I think I've, I've, I'm, I handle it a lot differently than I used to, and I, uh, I think the first thing you do when you when you feel angry is you seek a way to release it. You know, you got to get it out somewhere, like it's it's freaking pent up, you know. And then so you have to have an outlet. I uh, think that is important. That's a good point, Shelly. Yeah, like. I, st- I mean, I can store it, you know, like have reserves. I mean, where it's just, and and the, the bigger those tanks fill up, when it does come out, the the bigger it, you know, the, the worse off. And uh, so it's something about constantly just releasing it. And I think if you just kind of release it steady, then it never gets built up to the point where when you, when you release it, it's bad. You can, I, I don't know if that makes any sense. It's hard for me to describe because... Yeah, anger is anger's a weird thing. I think you have to bring it under su- subjection, though, like everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a something I haven't even we haven't even discussed. As you're talking about having a way to release that, and I think that is important. Maybe that's and, how I deal with it. Yeah, and and I think, uh, I mean, I think that's why you kind of beat yourself down daily. You you almost reflect you you keep that those reserves right and and when you want to trickle it out and and have that release you don't release it on somebody else you're almost releasing it back on yourself so your release could be self-destructive well that's what i was going to say is i think i don't know that this is the case i'm trying to answer it seriously it's hard to even know i mean but i think i think i you probably deal with anger by finding a way to get it out and I try to not let it out on other people, and I think I used to. Uh, well, I don't even, I don't know. I mean, I, mainly, yeah, it's it's on myself, and that's not just physical either. It's also mental, you know, anger that you kind of just let loose. Um, and I think, I think re- turning that on yourself is a good thing in the sense that you don't hurt other people, but you... you you destroy yourself in a way, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know how to direct anger to to like nothing. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to. If you have it, maybe the answer is to not harbor it up somehow. But I don't know how to direct it because it's like it has to be directed to something. So your options are back at yourself, somebody else, and you hurt somebody, or just to the void. I don't know how to like release it to the void, you know, to where no one gets hurt. I mean. That's that's kind of the, the thing, and I don't want to hurt other people. I mean, like in Chad's example, the anger that you felt, like what were you were you mad because of what the people said, and like because of their hearts, or because you felt like they were attacking you, and you wanted to attack back? And so I ask that because I think sometimes the anger can be released through passion for whatever the like if it's a 
you can be angry because like you have this message of Jesus and you feel like nobody is getting it. And that can make you angry or frustrated, right? It's like, man, here I have this. Why won't you why won't you take this and, and go with it? And you can you could release that anger through passion of spreading the message more. But if the if the anger is because of retaliation or some kind of negative thing like that, I don't know how no, you that's release a great, that. That's a great question. And and so that is the that is the I, I think a rele- a a healthy release in terms of a spe- the specific situation I was talking about. Well, if 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 I'm if if I'm doing well and you don't you you are upset for whatever arbitrary reason that I'm doing well or better than you, well then guess what I can do? I can just do better. I can just keep winning and win bigger and win more. That's almost a form of retaliation, mm-hmm. but without causing them pain. Yeah, it's all, but it's act, but it's it's something that you can like you said the passion and that fire that you can drive into. Hey man. That that I think that could well, that could know, potentially be a release. I asked y'all earlier why you kind of liked to sit in the anger, you know? And you may not really know and I don't know if this is even accurate for me or not, but I kind of have this theory that the reason I like it is because I maybe maybe this isn't true but I feel that my anger <laughs> is responsible for a lot of the success that I've had <laughs> at least physically mm-hmm. like I think it fueled a lot of the any success that I had in <laughs> running and and mm-hmm. that may not be true but like I I can remember like you have to draw on some energy source to do well in a race. You have to. And I would just almost run on pure freaking hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it works, man. Yeah, like, you, and you really only got two. If you're talking to you yeah. really you got either extreme excitement or you've yeah. got Yeah. And I don't even know what it anger. was. It was I hate it myself, just hate it something. Just just wanted to freaking just kill something. And that's like what it was. And it's like, it works, man. And I can think back to when I haven't raced. Well, I wasn't angry. I wasn't hateful. I was Mm -hmm. just, I was like more calm and didn't have this, you know, it's like, ah, almost apathetic, you know, it's like, ah, and it doesn't go well. Yeah. So which is better? Well, Is is it worth the outcome or? I think that's why I've had a, I think a lot of people think, that some of my, uh, you know, there's definitely a physical component to the struggles that I've had with over the past, however long now, long time, you know, being the runner I used to be and all that. Um, there's definitely a component that's physical. Um, but it's, it's, I, I, (laughs) I have to think that a lot of it is, is this internal battle uh, between wanting to let that that hate and anger fuel the, the what I was doing so I can win again mm-hmm. and uh, not wanting that at the same time. I want to have to live with that. Yeah, yeah. But because I because I've 
I can't figure out how, because I, I keep thinking, well, there's got to be a way to do both. There's got to be able a way to, you know, have success again and not be that way. <laughs> but I haven't figured it out. I mean, I think people can. It's interesting for me to think about now. Passion and anger. I think people confuse the two a lot because if you think of anybody that you would call passionate, is it because of? how the tone that they're using and the emotion they're expressing because I'm very passionate about Jesus but I am not very loud and in your face with it so to say that I'm not passionate is wrong and to say that Chad is a very passionate person he is but he expresses it differently and I think it kind of comes out as like you're angry about things and you release it in passion but the way that you release the way that you're passionate is by showing your frustration and anger with it. And then people's like, man, he must be really passionate about this because look how angry he's getting. Look at the feelings he's feeling. He must be really passionate. And then they don't see the passion in other people. So I just say to think now, the people that you would call passionate, would you say that Andy is passionate? But then think about, about what? Well, anything. Look at well, how. I look at how the... Now I'm I'm considering how I would say it, but look at the passion he speaks with, or would you say look at the anger he speaks with, and does the I, anger show passion in the relation between those two? I mean, I don't, I don't think there's just blanket passion. I mean, I think you're passionate about different things. Like I don't think Andy's passionate. Andy Frisella is passionate when he talks about running. Was there anybody that's I think not he's passionate. passionate? I think he's passionate when he talks about. The fall of civilization, and, but why do and you working think that? out and cars and because because he he's he talks about it a lot. He's invested in it. He knows about it. He talks about it all the time. I don't think it's his tone. Yeah, well, that's good. I but think I think a lot of people do think it's the tone and the emotion you express things with. Well, that is part of it. I mean, it, if you're passionate about something, it will make you emotional. I mean, and I think people express emotion in different ways. Mm -hmm. Like I would say, I. I would say you're passionate about, like you said, your family, Jesus. I mean, I think definitely, and you express emotion in different ways than Chad does, but I would say you're passionate about it. I think most people would. Maybe not. Well, it's just interesting to think about the two because you're not, you're even, not expressive. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's a good word, but I think I had almost meshed the two in my mind of passion and anger a little bit. It's a hard question for me to answer for myself. My initial answer would be there's always some frustration that is driving my passion. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But frustration is, to me, though, is like fueled by concern. If you're concerned about something, you're going to get frustrated about it. So maybe it's the point where you say it goes from frustration to anger is the is like the balance maybe i don't mm -hmm. know like, I, that's the the breaking point i just see it as a weakness in myself because Anger? yeah well and the fact that you can't reach the level of success that you were at without it mm -hmm. or without hate and anger i mean that's just a weakness like there is a way to not have to do that but i'm too weak like you know to figure it out like as, as of this far i mean i'm too incapable because you've got to have a, there's got to be, not everybody, is their success is based on their hate and anger as a, as a driving force. 
I think it, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it largely was with me. There's other ways to be successful. There's other ways to fuel it. And, and if I can't figure it out, then that's on me. You know, that's just yeah. a reflection of my own inability to, to fuel it with something better. Emotions are just, I mean, they're, they seem simple, but if you really think about them, they're a little more complex than most people think. And I was thinking, I told Chad the other day, I was thinking like an emotion to me is almost always a prompting for an action that should happen. I, like if you're feeling a certain way, that that's probably a prompt that you need to be acting a certain way. Um, maybe it's correcting an action, which is an action, or maybe it's taking a step to do something. But if you're feeling sad, mad, happy, then there's probably something you need to be doing with that. I don't like feelings. I don't like talking about how you feel. How you feel. I don't freaking care how you feel. Well, you're always feeling some sort of way. You're yeah. always feeling something. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times emotions are, the presenting emotion is really something that's floating on top of other emotions or something else. And you could almost think of certain emotions as smoke, like anger is smoke, and there's really a fire somewhere. And all you're, you're smelling the smoke, you're seeing the smoke, and you might have to take a little time to figure out okay what's the actual fire burning here and so that anger could be coming from you know feeling vulnerable because you don't feel in control it could be because um something you know there's something that's good and right and it's not um being being believed or happened or or something you see something broken uh there are all kinds of reasons you can feel anger and so most people just stop at the anger and don't take the time to think about, okay, what's, what's the fire that's uh, producing the smoke? Mm-hmm. You know, this feeling stuff, for real, we're in the age of mental health, right? Uh, of everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the message that goes along with that is your feelings. And what do you feel? How do you feel? You feel Okay. You okay? you you feel you feel good? You feel sad, mad? How you feel? Well, let's talk about it. Let's do this. It almost seems, you know, we're in the age of focusing on hyper focused on feelings and we're in the age of caring more and more about mental health. It's like is that bad advice to just constantly be focused on how you feel? I mean, it, it seems like we're in the age of caring more and more about mental health, yet more people are mentally ill than they've ever been. I know it's wild, and maybe that's not true. Maybe, um, maybe that's not true. Maybe, maybe people so were it sure seems like it. Were, well, it kind of goes back to the conversation. Was it last week we were talking about the self? Yeah, yeah. and the focus I mean, on the self, and yeah. I do think there's some unhealthiness to go too far to that side for sure. But emotions in and of themselves aren't bad, and the Bible talks about things in an emotive way. God's emotive; um, he's described in that way. Obviously, he's not a person; he doesn't have a body like humans. But, but anthropomorphically you know he's described with emotion and you know jesus wept you know he mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's there but i do think you're onto something chilly with the hyper focus we have mm-hmm. on that well it's almost like there's a difference in emotions and and feelings as we like mm-hmm. to call them mm-hmm. it's like to me that's almost different things feelings is is it's all selfish Emotions are basically involuntary response. Like, 
sometimes, well, there's deep emotions that I don't know that you can help really, right? But then feelings, you can kind of... Like that feels good or it feels bad. Yeah. I don't know, man. This this feeling stuff. <laughs> well, I appreciate y'all um, giving me a therapy session here today. I didn't even have to pay for this. They had good advice. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, I got two things left to tell y'all. We're running the combat standards test at Rome. CrossFit Rome this Saturday at 9 o'clock. If you want to come, come on out. The other thing I got to tell you is if all you are concerned about right now is a transvestite swimming in a swimming competition, you ain't got enough going on in your life. Uh, enough said. <laughs>